Welcome to Keep Purring, a Carolina Panthers podcast hosted by Ben Tucker and Eric Briggs, two lifelong Panthers fans from North Carolina. Whether you're a diehard fan or a casual observer, this is the Panthers podcast for you. Do us a favor, click on the link tree in our bio and give us a follow on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Keep Purring, a Carolina Panthers podcast. This is episode seven. We are available wherever you prefer to consume your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, you name it. You can check us out on YouTube as well. And if you do, we hope you'll subscribe and hit that notification bell so you never miss an episode. Yeah, so today's episode is going to consist of a preview of the plan for the podcast over the next couple of weeks. So what you can expect there, our reaction to the Giants preseason game. Um, of course, we will cover the Panthers' final preseason game uh, this Friday against the Lions. Uh, but first, uh, before we dive in, we're going to let you know, Ben and I have some extremely exciting um, news. Over the next couple of weeks, we have several special guests joining the podcast, uh, which we will get to in a second. Yes. Uh, so super exciting. Um, we are recording this on Sunday night. Uh, August 20th. Tomorrow night, we're actually going to join another podcast, uh, which um, hopefully that will come out later this week. So we'll we'll let you guys know about that probably on Twitter. So stay tuned for that. So now let's um, let's talk about these. Let's talk about these special guests here, because um, you and I both are super excited about this. Yep. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, we have some heavy hitters, I would say, in the Panthers uh, the Panthers social media space and the Panthers podcast space coming onto our podcast. So let's start with next weekend. So next weekend, following the lions preseason game, uh, we have a couple of Panthers podcast veterans. We have Curtis round and Bryson Carbley from the Panthers on tap podcast. They're going to be joining us on the show. Um, they've been in the podcast game for at least a couple years now. Um, I, I've been listening to their show for a while myself and I'm happy to be able to say that they've now kind of become friends of mine, uh, played golf with them earlier this year and we've kind of stayed in touch. So uh, a couple of great guys and uh, they, they really know their stuff when it comes to the Panthers. So super pumped to have them join our show next weekend. Now later next week, uh, looking at Thursday, I think the 31st, uh, Again, so excited about this. Uh, some Panthers fans know him by his name, but I bet even more Panthers fans know him by his brand name. It's Mr. Aaron Duncan from none other than Unnecessary Bluntness Sports Talk. He is going to be joining us next Thursday. Uh, he's been doing his thing in the Panthers social media space for a long time. Um, he has a YouTube channel with... I mean, he's approaching 12,000 subscribers right now, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you're a Panthers fan, especially a diehard Panthers fan, and you're on YouTube, you're probably one of those 12,000. Um, so you probably know you probably know all about him at this point. But so excited. Can't wait to have him join us. And then, Eric, we have one more. Is that right? Yeah. And first of all, hey, shout out to Aaron about uh, with all the things that he did over uh, training camp and whatnot. I think, oh, yeah. I think he was there most days. Uh, it was fantastic to 
be able to peek in a little bit with all of his coverage. So huge shout out to him. Uh, but, you know, last but not least, uh, we have another Panthers YouTube uh, all-star joining us. Um, you guys are probably subscribed to his channel, but Phil Perkins from Panthers Post is going to be here. And uh, very, very excited to have him on the pod as well. Uh, so, yeah, we got we got some great stuff lined up for you guys over the uh, next few weeks. And then uh, once we know that the, uh, the other podcast that we're guest appearing on is out, we will certainly share it and let you guys all know about that as well. Yep. Awesome. So excited. Uh, but let's just dive right in. Okay, let's cut the chatter. We normally try to, you know, talk to each other about how we've been doing, but we're not doing that today. Yeah. We're going to dive right in and talk Good. about the Giants. Um, I have a few, I have a few bullet points here that I want to get to. Um, let, let's start with the offense. You want to start with the right. offense? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so I just would like, I'm curious, what, what were your impressions of the limited, again, limited amount of time yeah. that we saw Bryce Young? You know, uh, okay. Well, I think that you can't, we can talk in generalities if we want to. But I think that we're seeing enough difference in quality and level of play amongst a couple of different uh, positions that it makes sense to break it down a little bit further as opposed to just talking in generalities. So if we are going to and we're going to have the 50,000 foot view of this, then it looked very, very vanilla. The first, um, you know, first team offense still didn't score, store, uh, score a touchdown, kind of right. um, which is which is tough. Um icky <laughs> is, is it hadn't been good um you know i know that we talk about quarterbacks having a sophomore slump uh a, a lot yeah who knows what's going on he knows that it's not right you know i did read a yeah. little bit of uh you know a little bit of a of an interview from him and it was basically saying like hey you know it's not a technique thing if you look at the sack that i gave up it's not because my technique was bad it's just because mentally i wasn't in the right space and so he he kind of recognizes, you know, that if you're going to try to fix one of those two things, then from a mental standpoint, you can get help with that much faster than you can to put on 30 pounds of muscle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or yeah. work through a bunch of technique yeah. that you have, you know, 15 years of, of doing incorrectly. So um, I, I would like to see more. I don't expect for us to see more preseason is not to show everything that you have in the back of the playbook. Um, yeah. It is literally to make sure that calls get, you know, plays get called in correctly. People line up in the right places, like all of those things. And I know that we yeah. all want to have high expectations for the offense uh, and, and the team in general, but with the offense, we've put together a lot of different pieces who, you know, that are brand new and we have yep. a shiny new toy and we want to see how fast it goes. And right now <laughs> it has a governor on it and it's pissing some of us off. Um, but at yep. the end of the day, what the record, you know, as soon as we play the first regular season game, the preseason record doesn't matter. Right. Right. It just, it just doesn't. And so yeah. it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of my thoughts on the offense. I have some thoughts on individual position groups, but what are your thoughts as well? Well, I was going to, yeah, I'll get, I'll get to mine in a second. I was going to say like you and I were kind of, we're kind of texting back and forth. Um, I think this was, I think this was Friday night, um, either during the game or after the game. And, and you kind of said, and I agreed with you. Uh, I think you kind of said like Bryce Young uh, does not look like a rookie, right? Yeah, he absolutely does not. So like what absolutely made you say that? 
juxtapose what we're seeing with him, you know, uh, from him with some of the other picks in the draft. We still haven't seen an interception thrown. Yeah. <laughs> right. So again, what we're seeing, especially from, from Bryce Young is yeah. decision-making is where we want it to be. Right. He's putting the balls yes. in places where if our receiver doesn't catch it, then nobody's catching it. And that's veteran stuff. That's not, that's not rookie stuff. Rookie stuff really is just like, I see open man, I throw to open man and you know, a defensive back just jumps in front of it and and intercepts it. Right. Like that's what you normally expect to see from rookies. He's not seeing that he he, I am not a quarterback guru by any stretch, but when I watch him play, the ball comes out so fast. Yeah. Like the, the ball comes out so fast and I'm not the, the ultimate ultimate judge of it for me is I'm not holding my breath when he throws the ball. To, to, it's it's a simple it's a simple test to me. When he throws the ball, my immediate first thought is not oh shit. My immediate first thought is, oh, I wonder what's going to happen, right? But but not with the <laughs> expectation that something bad is going to. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. So that was that was, it's more of a feeling. But if you look at it from a nuts and bolts to the extent that like I understand some of that stuff, he just looks really good. He looks like he knows what he's doing. He doesn't look lost. Yeah, I 100% agree. Uh, you know, his. I feel like a lot of a lot of you hear the term when it comes to NFL fans, uh, football fans. You hear the term casuals. Uh, I feel like a lot of casual fans who maybe uh, either don't care to pay close attention to what they're watching, or uh, they just uh, stat watch. They just look at the. They don't even watch the actual game. They just look at the stats mm-hmm. afterwards. Um, if you just look at Bryce Young's stats through two preseason games, they're yeah. not good. He hasn't scored. He hasn't thrown a touchdown. Like you said, he has not thrown an interception. So that's great, but it's, it's, it doesn't matter. His stats in the yeah. preseason do not matter. It's the eye test. It's the things that we're looking for. Uh, we, we talked about it last episode. You know, he looks as advertised. The traits that he is displaying, the pocket poise, uh, the, I mean, speaking of poise, like especially with how the O-line has been playing, you know, like just letting people uh, like Swiss cheese, just like letting defenders through and uh, Bryce getting hit and Bryce having to evade pressure and, but, but always poised. He's always, always poised. Uh, He does not look like a rookie in that sense. The pocket awareness, the his ability to throw with anticipation, um, the you and I, you and I both like that guy on YouTube, the QB School, I think is the name mm-hmm. of the YouTube channel. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've watched several of his breakdown videos of Bryce Young, and and he actually broke down um, Bryce Young's um, first preseason game as well, and he said the same thing. Like even in just the limited number of pass attempts that Bryce Young has had, you can see his abilities shine through, even if it's not a completed pass, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think if you just, again, you you said it's the eye test, right? You look at it, things are good, you know, with him. Um, You know, at least I think they are. I think that, again, you're right. There's some people that just don't pay super close attention to it and don't really understand what the purpose of preseason is and what the expectations of that should be. Um, and that's fine. You know, there's, it's a learning opportunity for everybody, but guys, this is what we're supposed to be seeing from the offense. It really doesn't matter if 
you know, we win all that much. Um, what really matters is that we iron out all the kinks and are we ready to go for week one? That's pretty much it. Yeah. And, you know, you know, you kind of mentioned it earlier. You kind of alluded to it, I think, but I, I posted this on, on Twitter uh, during the game and it, it picked up a lot of steam, um, had a lot of eyeballs on it, which garnered a lot of comments, both good and bad, which was interesting mm-hmm. to kind of, um, to kind of see as they came in. But um, I simply just said, Bryce Young does not look like a rookie. He already has the situational awareness to throw it away instead of trying to force something or taking a sack. This should not be overlooked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Brees was at times really boring to watch because he always made the right play. He always made the right decision, even if it was, you know, throwing the ball into the ground or throwing the ball, mm-hmm. you know, over the receiver's head intentionally because there's nothing there and he's just throwing it away. You know, you live to play another down. And Bryce, you know, for, for Bryce to already be in, in, in 12 pass attempts through two preseason games to, to already be displaying those types of traits is wild to me. And I, for me, if, if you can't, if you're an NFL fan, a football fan, and you can't see that and you're trashing on Bryce young through two preseason preseason games, then you are absolutely a casual and you're a Bryce hater because he's great. Listen, you know, to me, there's nothing wrong with casual fans, right? I think we all come in and out of our seasons of life where we're able to spend additional, you know, time and attention to, to areas. And there's some people that, quite frankly, just don't have it uh, to spend here. And that's fine. But opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. And people are very uh, feel very welcome to share those online behind a, the comfort of a computer screen or a phone. So it's fine, you know, whatever, like people are going to have whatever opinions they are, you know, including us, you and I are just two idiots here spouting our opinions on stuff. For sure. Um, But what matters is what happens when the pads go on in week one. That's literally all that matters. Uh, And right now we're supposed to be screwing stuff up and getting it. I would much rather, I don't want Bryce to be hit at all, but I would much rather Icky screw it up in these first couple of games than he does when we get to the regular season. Right. Like, again, that's right. what the point of this stuff is. Um, who did it, Who else were you looking at on offense? Was there anybody else that uh, you, you were you were thinking? Yeah. So uh, I was just going to a quick word on Icky. You mentioned Icky Aquanu earlier. Mm-hmm. We know that he hasn't looked great through two games. It's been the whole O-line has been concerning. They They did step it up a little bit against the Giants. And mm-hmm. uh, but Icky still allowed a couple of pressures and, and hits on Bryce. There was one in particular where Kayvon Thibodeau of the Giants, uh, it, it looked like Icky uh, just passed him off to a ghost. I mean, there's no one yeah. over there. And he just kind of let him run right past him. And it was very odd. But when you listened to Frank Reich um, in his press conference today, earlier today, actually, um, they asked him about that. And he kind of explained, well, you know, uh, what happened was, what had happened was, uh, there was a, a, a misheard call on the line. So uh, whoever it is that calls out the, you know, the protection, um, Icky misheard it. 
There's a couple of protections, apparently, that sound very similar. He thought it was one. It was the other. And whatever hey, maybe we change that. Maybe, maybe, maybe we change just it. don't make things that sound the same. Don't make oh. them sound the same, and that won't happen. Uh, lesson learned, hopefully. <laughs> uh, but uh, it was still it was a very egregious looking um, yeah, it wasn't mistake good. on the field. Yeah, but sounds like they're going to get it corrected, according to Frank Reich. Um, the offensive linemen were winning a lot of the one-on-one -on -one battles in this game uh, much better than they did against the Jets. Is just some communication issues, which hopefully we can get cleaned up. Now, a couple other guys on offense um, that I'll just briefly mention. I thought uh, Chuba Hubbard had some good moments. thought he looked good again. Now, the only crappy thing is that he tweaked his ankle. Still waiting yeah. on news about that, which is not... Probably won't see him play week three. Probably. That's, yeah, good yeah. point. Probably won't see him this week. Uh, kind of concerning... Him or Dante Jackson. Him or Dante Jackson. Kind of concerning about Chuba because... Uh, Miles Sanders obviously has already been – he's already missed time with, I think, the groin injury. So we're kind of starting to look a little thin on the running back side, but we have, a you know, three or four weeks, however long it is, until the regular season starts. Raheem Blackshear. Kareem Hunt. <laughs> Kareem Hunt. Or uh, I think another one out there that somebody mentioned was Leonard Fournette. I just think they have to at least kind of keep their eyes peeled for those make opportunities, but <laughs> just, make just, just reach out. Now I will say somebody pointed this out to me, uh, that Kareem hunt failed his physical with the mm. saints, which is why, cause they were going to sign him. I think, mm. I think he was going to go to the saints and he failed his physical. So not sure what's going on there, but I thought um, speaking of running backs, Raheem Blackshear thought he looked good. He scored a touchdown. Looking like a beast. Looking like a beast. Uh, I mean, I, I won't, uh, I won't brag or boast, but, uh, he was my, Hidden gem, one of my hidden gem picks. Yeah, you know, you two Absolutely. episodes. No, ago. He's looked, he's looked really, really good. Uh, yeah. So I think he's. I already thought a lot of people did that he was going to be challenging for that RB two spot behind Miles Sanders. So I think he's only helping his case as far as that goes. I thought a couple of the receivers looked good. Adam Thielen, um, in limited time, he had. Uh, I think he had a couple catches, but he had one really nice catch, kind of coming over the middle to the other side of the field. Caught it ended up getting a first down and I, I tweeted this out after he called it. I said that route by Adam Thielen, that's exactly why he is the best route runner in our wide receiver room and is going yeah. to be able to provide a reliable target for Bryce in short spaces. So no, he's not yeah. the fastest. That's DJ Chark. He's not the most yeah. physical. That's probably Jonathan Mingo or Terrace Marshall Jr. But he he's savvy and he's got short area quickness and the route running is crisp. And uh, I just think Adam Thielen, he's a sleeper for me from a fantasy football perspective, like, like a late round sort of, if he's still available and I already have three good receivers might scoop him up. Yeah. With him, but, you, uh, you can't, you can't buy experience, right? right? Like you only get that through doing. Yeah. And He's going to, you know, we always talk about tight ends being uh, rookie quarterbacks, you know, best friend or whatever. We're just fortunate that, um, you know, Thielen is a second one, you know what I mean? As opposed to just Hayden Hurst, uh, who, yeah. hey, is it just me or does he really need to get like Hayden Hurst has got to get like pre-snap stuff under control. I feel like he was, he was. Because he has some false starts. Start. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, he's done that a couple we times. Do, we got to do that. 
uh, we got we got to get on that. We got to fix that. That's, we do that's have not, but he did have that nice uh, that nice pass from Bryce that got called back due to a penalty. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he kind of yeah. he went up to get it, and it was really nice, really nice catch. But yeah, he's got to yeah. he got to get that under control. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Mingo. Speaking of receivers, still Jonathan Mingo had a couple good moments. Um, he had that catch uh, where he kind of he caught it, and then a guy hit him immediately. Kind of just bounced off of him and kept running, and um, you know limited limited amount of time that we've seen him and it's probably too early to be saying this but i do really think that he has a chance to be special uh we just have to keep we have to continue to see it and he's he's going to make mistakes you know he's a rookie uh, you know bryce just like bryce bryce is going to make mistakes uh jamie robinson is going to make mistakes um but i thought jonathan mingo had some good moments and um and then i guess the only other thing was i thought i thought it was a little bit of a bounce back for matt corral i thought he he had a a much better performance. Um, he had some good moments. Yeah, starting in the third quarter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. He had, he had some rough times, but uh, but he he seemed to get it under control. Yeah, and he and Shy Smith had a little bit of a connection going there, uh, so that was yeah, good to see. Shy looked really good. Shy, Shy looked really good. He had a couple of like there was one pass that's like sticking out in my head where he's you know yeah. going up, you're going across the field to the sideline. Yes. And uh, kind of turned his body and like flipped himself, you know, backwards yeah. to, to be able to catch the ball, which was uh, it's pretty sexy. Yeah, I mean, uh, like it just looked it looked awesome. It, it, it really did. Like it just like yeah, no. it was it was a it was a play with style. Like it looked the it degree looked of good. difficulty on that was was yeah. I give it a three point five three point five degree of difficulty out of five or ten. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember what it is in like diving and gymnastics. I don't know. Well, I mean, I would give. I it think three point five is, is a lot. I if you're going to give it a 3.5, it has to be out of five. Because if that's yeah, out, of 10, out of four or five, okay. No, it's out of like four or five. It's, yeah. Okay. High, high degree of difficulty. High degree. Okay. Uh, so yeah, um, we'll see how things go against the Lions coming up here. But well, let's let's move to the defense. Um, okay. I'll just start out. I'll say the the first team defense didn't look great. Now caveat: Brian Burns, Derek Brown. Justin Houston didn't play. That's uh, kind of that's kind of our pass rush right there. So they didn't play. Now here in saying that though, I kind of I made this point to someone. I was like, no, they didn't play. So it's not our full first team defense. That said, there's going to be times during the season where we don't have one or multiple of our key players whether on offense or defense yeah and so the other guys that are out there have to be able to step up and it's it's next man up Mm -hmm. and uh that first drive i mean daniel jones looked like patrick mahomes out there he was just waller waller just ate us up just waller ate us up ate us up he even had one catch that they said wasn't a catch because it was it was a good hit but he was i mean he he should have caught that ball too and yeah. you know, like he just we 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 just pretended like the tight end didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I was, I mean, yeah, I was sitting there. I was getting frustrated because I was like, Waller again? Are you like again? who's covering him? Yeah. Who's covering him? So yeah. that was a little disappointing. Uh, again, it wasn't our full first team defense, but other guys have to be able to step up. We're going yeah. to have situations like that in the regular season where we don't have Burns or Brown or Houston or maybe even a yeah. combination of a couple of them. So yep. got to get that fixed. I thought that on, on defense still, I thought Jamie Robinson bounced back a little bit. He had that, 
rough moment in the first game where he missed the tackle and just gave up on the play. And uh, based on how he played, because it looked like he played with some with some gumption, he had he played with some effort this this game. Uh, yeah. He had a couple of good tackles, and th- that just tells me that the coaches and and uh, veteran players probably they got in his ear a little bit. And you know he took it he took it in stride, and he he bounced yeah. back. Again, you know these these are men, and they are professionals. Like this is their profession. It's what they job. It's what they do. Yeah, they take it seriously, and more than any other job, except for maybe like a hedge fund manager or something, their performance dictates whether they continue to have a living. Like that's right. that's it's it's no joke. It's not like. I, you know, somebody just goes and finds another job, you know, in an office in a similar industry than what they've done before. Like that doesn't exist here. Right. And so it is, it's like a life or death type deal. And we're coming up to cuts like now. (laughs) And, you know, this third preseason game is going to make or break a lot of the people who are kind of on that bubble. Right. And he can't allow himself to be one. He has the old, he, I mean, he has the ultimate reason to to play his ass off. Um, And so I'm sure that people got into his ear as you're, as you should from a leadership perspective, but I guarantee you, he was talking to himself in the mirror as well and saying, you know, has to be better. And I was happy to see it was, I was happy. I was happy to see it. Yeah, me too. I was definitely happy to see it. And uh, another guy, um, Again, second game in a row, Amari Barno um, flashed again, yep. um, which is encouraging to see. We, we're gonna, we need some help there uh, at edge rusher. And so it's kind of – I've been a little surprised because um, two episodes ago when we, when we did our hidden gems, one of my other hidden gem outside of Blackshear was Kobe Jones, who mm-hmm. plays the same position as uh, Amari Barno. And so I, I had – high expectations for Kobe Jones because in training camp you kept hearing his name over mm-hmm. and over and over. Uh, and so, you know, I was expecting him to, I was expecting to hear his name called quite a bit during preseason, but I mean, honestly through two games so far, I can't think of a single time uh, that I've heard his name come up, which means that uh, he hasn't really made any splash plays um, which doesn't mean that he's necessarily not going to make the roster, but Amari Barno at that same position has has made a lot more plays, and he's he's yeah. looked really good. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if you I don't know if you were watching at this particular moment, but at one point, you know, Scott Fitterer came into the booth and was talking to Steve I, Smith. I loved having him on there. I, I loved yeah. having better on there i i, I, just, I think yeah. as a as a fan it gives you a peek behind the curtain and i absolutely loved it i thought it was fantastic i hope me they too. do it again in week three me too yeah uh but he came in and, and he mentioned just kind of at one point they were talking about barno mm-hmm. and he's like yeah yeah you know he's he, he's he's fast he's a four three guy and steve smith's like hold up what did you say four three for a man that big what what Mm-hmm. And it's true. Like he, whenever he did the combine a couple years ago, um, I feel like he set a record or something. Like he, he's very fast, very, very. Fast. Well, let's let's give Scott Fitter some uh, photographic memory credit for knowing what I think it was like four point three eight or something like that. It was it was yeah, it was, you know, like 4. It was like 3. 8. 
it, yeah, but it, but that's what he did. He was like, yeah, no, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. Like a random player, you know, to pull to know what his forty was, uh, right. one metric from a couple of years ago. I thought it was cool. But yeah, yeah, I think um I loved having Fitter on there. I loved the stuff that he said about Barno. I think Barno has looked really good. And yeah. I I love these times because what really matters is you were saying it's gonna be a first man up scenario. We have been lucky with the exception yeah. of Chuba and Dante Jackson, hopefully neither of them are super serious, but like of, of things going very wrong. Like, you know what I mean? We haven't, we haven't had that from an injury perspective. So that means it's going to happen and seeing depth players, even if they're playing against the second strings or whatever, just seeing them make plays and do, do well, um, is encouraging. It's also good to see the players who you don't want in those positions in the regular season. Uh, and I, I hate to, to pick on, I think his name is Eric Rowe. Um, but yeah, I, I think not a household name, but dude got beat hard in coverage uh, for yeah. a touchdown. And again, we, this is when we want things like that to happen, but that, but you know, so there was, yeah. there were still some of those, I don't know if it was a breakdown in coverage. I don't know what it was. I think he just kind of pulled like an icky and didn't realize what was happening in the, yeah. in the play or something. Just but, got beat really bad. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, sometimes like that happens and it just, yeah. just hurts, you know? He's a veteran guy. I don't I, I don't know a tremendous amount about him. Honestly, they, they brought him on as kind of a veteran, you know, add, added to our secondary depth. But I don't remember, actually, mm-hmm. now that you're saying that, I don't remember that specific play for some reason. Uh, it was the it was a it was the touch it was the touchdown play. I think it was their third touchdown or something. Um, gotcha. Okay. Maybe I, I don't. I um, could be I could be incorrect, but it, it yeah. was ugly. It was Sam ugly. Franklin. Um, he continues to make plays, and he also again back to Scott Fidler when he was in the booth. That was another moment. Uh, Sam Franklin made an amazing play, timed it perfectly, right as the ball was hitting the receiver's hands. Franklin put a big hit on the receiver. I actually thought it was, I was like, Oh, was that pass interference? They didn't throw the flag though. It was, I mean, I'm telling you, it was like, it could not have been timed more perfectly, but Scott Fitterer said, yeah, like, Hey, yeah. Like Sam Franklin just makes plays every time he's out there, whether he's on defense, whether he's on special teams, he makes plays. Uh, so, you know, he's definitely making the roster, uh, as a, as a, one of our key special teams guys, but he might, he might even challenge for some playing time, uh, at safety or at like nickel cornerback or something. Um, yeah. but yeah, that was, that was cool to see. And then one name, one final name I want to mention on defense that, um, to be honest, I, I didn't even, I had not heard his name up until this game was Raekwon Williams defensive. Is that number 92? I think it was maybe yeah. 92. I, I think it's 92. Yes. Yes. That's him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he had a sack. He had four tackles. Uh, I, I didn't know who he was, but, um, they kind of talked about like, Hey, yeah, he's, he's come on, you know, recently for us and, and he's got an opportunity and he's making the most of it. He's doing a great job. Yeah. So, um, that would be really cool to see Raekwon. Yeah, I hope he has another good game this week. See him kind of mix in there with the rotation at defensive tackle with, you know, uh, Derek Brown and Marquan McCall. Um, so yeah. That was it's good to see every once in a while. It's cool to see like those names pop up that you're like, who is that? 
Yeah, and they're just out it. there making plays, you know. And um, if he ends up making the team, you know, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, but uh, he, he he feasted. Uh, like he he, yeah. he jumped off the screen. Uh, he did. And I, again, I recognized it was against you know third stringers or whatever it was, but like the dude jumped off the screen. He he was very disruptive. That's the only reason why I remembered who it was. Like I, I, I was yeah. like, oh yeah, I think that was number ninety-two who did that because he he it was memorable. He jumped off the screen at me. Yeah, yeah. What about uh, real quick play calling? So I don't know if you have an opinion on this, a strong opinion, one way or the other. Uh, but you know, through the first two preseason games, Frank Reich has called the plays in the first half, and Thomas Brown in the second half. Uh especially this past game against the Giants. Uh, a lot of people on social media, a lot of people on Twitter uh, were were saying the offense looks way better when Thomas Brown calls plays. Thomas Brown needs to call 100% of the plays against the Lions next week. Um, and I, while I do agree that um, the play calling, just in general, our whole operation of our offense looked better in the second half against the Giants, which is when Thomas Brown was calling the plays. I I would like to see Thomas Brown get an opportunity to call plays a, against the other team's first team defense and with our first team offense because you got to remember in the second half of these preseason games he's calling plays for Matt Corral and Co and against the other team's third and fourth string defense. So mm-hmm. it's it's whereas you know Frank Reich's calling plays against the other team's first team defense. So I don't know. I just think it's a little too early to be, you know, jumping on board saying uh, that Thomas Brown is a better play caller and Thomas Brown should be the primary play caller for, you know, going into the season. I just think we don't know enough yet to be making claims like that. But I don't know. Did you like, is that something you noticed or that stuck out to you or do you not really have an opinion on it or? Bring me up to speed because I hadn't heard the the first half and second half thing. Has it been determined yeah. like who's and who is going to be calling plays in the season? Like, is this like what? Why right. are we doing this? So, okay, going all the way back um, a few months ago, uh, Frank Reich talked about how he was going to start the season most likely being the primary play caller on offense. Yeah. All right. Uh, but Thomas Brown has had a huge, huge, huge hand in putting together this uh, playbook in our scheme right. overall. Uh, and so these first two preseason games, Frank Reich has uh, given Thomas Brown the opportunity for the first time ever, because this is Thomas Brown's first time being an offensive, a full-time offensive coordinator. He's given him that opportunity to, to be the primary play caller in the second half of these two preseason games. So it's yeah. still very new, a very new thing for Thomas Brown. Frank Reich's been calling plays for forever. Yeah. Um, so m- my expectation is most likely that we're going to go into the regular season with Frank Reich being the primary play caller, but you never know. Because I think I also think that Frank is open-minded to, yeah. you know, uh, if let's say they get through the third preseason game and, and, when he watches the tape back and goes through his evaluation, he starts to notice like, Hey, we're kind of, the offense is kind of humming when Thomas Brown's in there calling plays. Maybe I should, 
maybe I should, you know, pass the baton over to him permanently. But yeah. that's kind of the that's kind of the genesis of it and what's what's been going on. I treat this as though the coach was a player. And if you looked at the rookies who were coming in, uh, Bryce Young was not the number one quarterback when camp started, right? He had to kind of earn his way into those things. Right. Yeah. And I, I would be very surprised if Frank Reich wasn't doing the same type thing uh, from an offensive coordinator standpoint and a call playing standpoint. Yeah. You know, there is absolutely nothing positive that's going to happen between, you know, by having somebody go out there making their first play calls and absolutely get trounced. Right. Because it, think about it, right. think about this. What would be the difference in conversation if Frank Reich hadn't been calling the plays in the Jets game? Right. And we had, an, we had our new offensive coordinator who's coming in and calling plays and we lay in, we lay an egg for points. Imagine yeah. the conversation that's going to be had at that point you know, with, with that type of thing going on. Yeah. So for me, just get, let, let them get some experience. Right. Yeah. And then at some point, whenever you feel like if you take the training wheels off, then you just take the training wheels off and you say, go do your thing. But one thing I've heard consistently about Frank, right. Since he's come to Carolina is that he allows coaches to do their jobs. He allows yeah. uh, he allows position coaches to do their jobs, coordinators to do their jobs, assistants, you know, whatever it happens to be. He lets them actually do his job or their job, right? And he yeah. doesn't micromanage and tell them how to do. That. He trusts them, yeah, yeah. And so I think we're going to get to that point from a play calling standpoint. I can almost guarantee you, he doesn't. He probably doesn't want to call the plays, right? Like, you know, if he has somebody that he can trust and that means that he can pay attention to other things, you know, going on in the, that are going on in the game. Um, and he is 100% confident in how the plays are going to yeah. be called and whatever else, then I'm sure he would say yes to that. Uh, at least that's, so that's my thought. I, yeah, no, I don't, I'm not freaking out one way or the other. Again, it's just another, you know, another opportunity to do something different and try something new and expand. Yeah you know, skills and horizons and hopefully investing in that, those type of things now will reap benefits in the future. Um, you know, when we really need them in the, in the regular season. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You want to talk about the Detroit lions? So speaking of play calling, if you thought that the play calling the last couple of preseason games was vanilla uh, well, I would say expect to see more of the same Friday. And the reason I say that is because we play the Lions just a few weeks from now on October 8th, which is my wife's and my wedding anniversary. So there's that. Uh, but we play the Lions again week five in Detroit. So do we think that Frank Reich is going to want to go out there and show anything at all? to the Lions in this preseason game? I would say absolutely not. So yeah, I think uh, that's a I, great observation. I, yeah, I think we should temper our, temper our expectations of what this – I know fans are frustrated. I know we're seeing all these other teams. We're seeing Aiden O'Connell for the Las Vegas Raiders, the quarterback they drafted in, the, in one of the late rounds, go out here and light it up. We're seeing uh, – who is it? Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson – I think is his name, Cleveland Browns lighting it up. 
Even C.J. Stroud looked better in his second preseason game. We're seeing these other teams go out and, and be successful and score points in the preseason, and we haven't done that, and I know it's frustrating. But they're not going to show – they're not going to want to show the Lions much of anything this Friday. So expect it to be vanilla again. Uh, now, moving on from that, I do think that Bryce Young will play – um, Frank Reich kind of said as much in his press conference earlier today. He said, expect to see a similar workload distribution for a majority of our players. One of the reporters said, does that include quarterback? And he said, yes, it does. So expect to see Bryce for probably two or three series. It would be fantastic if we scored a touchdown, you know, had some success. If we yeah. don't, it doesn't mean Bryce Young sucks. It doesn't mean our team sucks. We'll be fine. Uh on the other side of the ball, the Lions don't expect to see uh, a lot of their starters. Jared Goff has not played up to this point in the preseason, so it's going to be Teddy yeah. Bridgewater and Nate Sudfeld at quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater recently switched to number 50, which looks terrible for a quarterback. I didn't what know is that? I didn't either. What is that? It looks so bad. I saw a photo of him. I literally thought it was a linebacker throwing the ball to a receiver a linebacker and I, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like why is that tiny linebacker throwing the ball yeah that's a very oh, no, short that's teddy linebacker. b that's it's that's, that's teddy two gloves over there um but anyway i am excited to kind of get a look at jameer gibbs he's you know he played with bryce young in alabama and he yep. uh i think he's going to be really good might look at him for fantasy football yep. um but yeah uh i think i think it's going to be maybe considering that the Lions, a lot of the Lions first team like starters may not play. It, it's, I don't know how much evaluation we as fans are, are going to get yeah. from this game. Listen, we as fans should not evaluate anything until the regular season. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, like, I'm like, saying that in the face of the fact that we're two idiots up here talking right now and sharing our opinions on stuff. Right. But what we think doesn't matter. Like all that matters is like what the coaches are learning, what they're doing, what the players are learning, what they're doing. Yeah. Are we getting things going in the right direction? That's really what this is. You know, I'm still not used to the playing three games instead of four in terms mm -hmm. of from a preseason standpoint, in terms of like who plays when I feel like with the four games, there was a prescribed schedule that everybody followed. You know, it was a series yeah. and then like, you know, a half and then like a little bit into the second half in the third game and then fourth game, nobody plays. And so I think it's, it, it is interesting now that there's three that you don't, you don't see the same people playing against each other. Right. It's not like ones mm -hmm. versus ones and twos versus twos and whatever. Um, because I think that people are, you know, teams and GMs, um, and, and head coaches and whatever, like they're all trying to figure out who do they need to see and who do they not need to see. And what's really interesting that I think many people haven't thought about is that fourth game, while not important to the starters, was incredibly important to all those bubble players that I was mentioning before. And we're going right. to have to go from 90 to 53 here real quick. Real quick. And so yeah. <clears throat> you've, you've taken – and we didn't get our second joint practice with the Jets, right? Mm -hmm. So you start taking some of these opportunities away from some of these bubble-type players. Um, and 
that's where you really have to start trusting the coaches, right? The coaches are the ones that are seeing them day in and day out and they know the strengths and they know the weaknesses and they know the areas of improvements and they know all of these things. And they're doing the mental calculus of trying to figure out who they can, who they're going to bring on the team. That's going to do the most good. Right. And not having that fourth preseason game means that there's a tremendous amount of pressure on this game coming up this week, especially for those players you know, if we're talking about the NCAA basketball tournament, right, it's like those bubble teams. We're talking about the yeah. people 50, you know, 50 to, you know, 58, right? Like those those players that are kind of like right in there, they're trying to allocate, you know, how many, you know, how many players are going to, you know, have within each position. And, you know, Frank Reich and Scott Fitter are sitting down and they're having these conversations every day. Right. So, you know, I think that, you know, for me – that's what I'm going to be paying most attention to in the Lions game is understanding who are the, some of those backup players, right, that they do have their eye on. Is it Franklin and Barno, uh, you know, and like some of these other ones that are kind of uh, – what was this, Williams that we just talked about, that number 92. Yeah, Raekwon. Yeah, so, um, you know, there's going to be those players that the coaches are going to be keyed in and trying right. to see how they do. And there's going to be some of those players that, probably won't play as much. If you're not going to make the team, <laughs> then <sighs> they're not interested in evaluating you at that point. Right. Right. Uh, so yeah. that's one of the things I'm going to be looking for is who's, who is playing in the third and fourth quarter. Cause that's going to give us a better idea of what we should expect uh, when the final depth chart comes out and those final cuts are made down to the 53 man roster. Yep. And listen, this is the third, like to your point, the third preseason game, now that we're there's only three instead of four, this this can be treated as essentially the fourth game. And traditionally, yeah. when we when we used to have four games, the fourth game, um, the starters would rarely play. So yeah, play. it's a it's an extra I look at it as like a, a kind of a a bonus for us for the fan from a fan perspective, uh, that we even are gonna get to see Bryce this Friday and, and some of the other starters, because traditionally that's not the case, but I think we're in a unique situation because we, we have a rookie quarterback and we have everything's new. Like we've talked about so many times ad nauseum at this point, everything's new, the coaches, the, the, the plays, the players, um, the quarterback, everything's new. So they're going to roll them out there again, but yeah, Friday is going to be super important. And I, you know, to your to your point earlier, like it's it's okay to to have a, as a fan, you know, for us fans, it's okay to have expectations, you know, and it's it's when there's glaring issues like we saw with the offensive line in that first game, like sure. you know when Bryce got hit, what was it, three out of seven dropbacks, mm -hmm. like that's a red flag, that's concerning, good. <laughs> yeah. that's not good, uh, and so it's tough to kind of find that balance because I do see it as like, like I trust this coaching staff. It's one of the best coaching staffs in the NFL. I trust them. Uh, but it's hard to get past how kind of mediocre our offenses has looked, especially our offense has looked through, through two games. But again, it's all part of the process. I, I fully expect the Panthers to come out week one against the Falcons and compete and, and potentially win the game. So 
Uh, we'll see what happens. Anything else on your end with the Lions game uh, or anything at all before we sign no, off? No, I think, uh, you know, a couple, one, one or two other things. I think Frank Reich has earned the respect uh, that not to be questioned in the, you know what I mean, in terms of like yeah. his judgment calls. He might make it the wrong one. That's fine. But he has a lot of years under his belt making these judgment calls, right? And just like I said before, you can't buy experience. Only way yeah. to buy it is to buy somebody who has it, right? And Frank right. Wright and the rest of the uh, of the coaching staff has it. And yep. so I think we need to focus on on that. And I also think that if we had gone out and kicked everybody's ass in the preseason, then we might not see Bryce this week. <laughs> Right. Like if we (laughs) had come out and like and showed that we were ready for prime time. Right. And we were ready to like play an actual NFL game the first couple of times, then we probably wouldn't see many of it. We might be the same type of thing as the Lions. Right. right? Where we're just not going to show it. But to get to get, you know, kind of beat in the first game and a half that we played to the extreme that we did. Nobody's earned having it off. We still have things that we have to (laughs) work through. You know, yeah. Um, so that's the, that's those are my thoughts, and I think that you know we'll know a little bit more after the Lions. But guys, we're going to be in the exact same position here when we record this a week from tonight, and it's going to be the same conversation of yes, we learned something. Do we know how important it is? No, <laughs> we don't. We just don't. We just don't. We just don't. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to the Lions game. We'll see you guys, um, or you'll you'll hear us again a week from now. Like we mentioned earlier, we have the Panthers on tap boys joining the pod next Sunday. So super excited about that. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening or for watching. If you haven't already, please check us out on YouTube, where we hope to earn your subscription. We will be back for another episode next weekend after that Lions game. Until then, keep purring and keep pounding.